So, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Strategy Cafe, breathing life into your brand. Um, great to see you all uh, up this morning. So, as usual, this is your two shots of business inspiration from Alembic Strategy. And um, uh, I just wanted to uh, show you that we are now starting to keep these on the um, website. Uh, so, if you uh, come back to Alembic Strategy's past events page, you can now see an MP4 recording of um, the session we did on profit and uncertainty uh, by Peter Callahan, and last month's session uh, by uh, Chris Highland on motivation and team effectiveness. So those MP4s are there. And uh, I know that we have a big shout out to uh, Simon Harper from Emperor, who uh, is listening in today. Some great ideas from our marketing agency on. Um, turning these MP4s into things that the millennials can cope with. So um, we'll have a sort of cut-down version, highlights version, um, which is a bit more consumable, available shortly. So hopefully they'll be uh, they'll be interesting. Um, so quick uh, agenda today. Um, um, as usual, quick introduction to us. Um, Going to just mention the next leaders forum, which is coming up in a few weeks' time. Um, and I want to uh, hear from you if you want to come to that. Uh, and then uh, today's dish of the day is uh, Nikki Fuchs, uh, who's online with me now. Uh, we're going to be hearing from her in a minute about um, uh, the amazing culture and chemistry of um, office space in town. And then following on from that, a session on breathing life into your brand and a summary and close, and we should be done by 8.55. I'm delighted that Nikki has agreed to stay on the line um, and uh, she'll be available. So we'll try and take questions. Um, as we go, um, and uh, um, also hold on for questions at the end. So there's a questions area. Um, please feel free to fire your questions in as we go, and I'll keep an eye on that and try and fill them either during the session or towards the end. So, so let's get cracking. So Olympic Strategy, as you know, uh, we help larger businesses with leadership strategy change uh, and M&A. Um, and um, the London Leaders Forum is um, our um, you know, main sort of forum event for bringing all our clients and guests together to discuss leadership issues. Um, so if you're that kind of person, uh, challenging, interesting business, wanting to develop your leadership capabilities and those of your team, wanting to push your business forward, ambitious, um, this is a great place to come. Um, the next one is on the 6th of June. It'll be at 20 Dunstan's Hill, which is another office space in town location, incredible location if you haven't been, you must come. Um, and um, Nikki's brother, Giles, is going to be sort of elaborating further on some of the other aspects of the office space in town business model there. Really interesting. Um, and I think you'll be very inspired by Nikki today and hope that will prompt you to want to come along and, and hear Giles uh, sort of elaborate further. I have a member case study. Uh, and then we're going to wrap up on uh, a strategy session around getting things done, how to get things done, how to get the pace of change moving, and how to get that productivity up. And then uh, there'll be a light supper and networking up in one of the big glitzy towers with drinks. Uh, so, and then last one home, etc. So, uh, hopefully, we'll see some of you at the London Leaders Forum in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, you can read more about that on our website uh, here, uh, and then just get in touch, email us, or call in if you're just interested to find out more about it. We're happy to chat it through and uh, see if it's for you. So let's get on to the important business. Um, uh, Nikki, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, so <laughs> Hello, good morning, everyone. Welcome, welcome, Nikki. Um, so delighted to have you uh, on the webinar this morning. Um, do you want to give um, the uh, the audience a bit of background? Um, I can. Um, 
who am I? I'm Nikki Foots, as it says. Um, I'm MD of Office Space in Town. We are a family-owned business, my brother and I. Uh, we buy buildings, we fit them out, and then run them as serviced offices. Our market is predominantly in London, although we do have some out of, um, out of town, two in Cardiff and two in Northampton. Our speciality is design and customer service, giving our clients the experience they'd want, I guess probably from a seven-star hotel, uh, but a cost that works for their business. So hopefully that's my, my elevator pitch. <laughs> that's very good. I certainly think that's true. And we're going to come on to a little bit of that in, in a bit, Nikki. But um, I, I, I love this. Um, uh, I was um, sort of surfing through your website and I picked up your values up there. And I kind of posted them up here as a sort of starter for us for our conversation this morning because um, my experience, our experience, as I'm going to say, I'm going to say guests uh, rather than tenants, um, is that uh, these are completely authentic. And I was just really interested in um, you know how 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 you came about getting these. Um, are they are they real? Um, tell tell us about these uh, values and um, how they how they're important to you. Well. We didn't plan to get them. Um, they came from our staff. So we opened our first London centre in 2010, um, and that was shortly followed by two more centres. Uh, the first one, Euston, then New Broad Street near Liverpool Street Station, and then Waterloo. Uh, sorry, uh, Little Britain. Yeah. And uh, we have every year we have a staff weekend away. Sometimes um, it's physical, sometimes it's very calm and glitzy. Uh, the first one uh, was made up of oh, doing dance videos in a field and making bridges. And then we had a staff get together and we all sat around because we were quite new to each other. And we talked about what we liked about each other. So we said nice things about the person next door and we discussed what we thought our clients and suppliers thought about us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And these were the elements that came out very strongly from that meeting. And um, so it was very much staff driven. Uh, and just reading it, I've just read it, and if you take the first letters, it says ready. So I'm not, amazing. <laughs> So I love that. So uh, this is um, a sort of an organic thing. It's uh, completely authentic, and um, this um, this sort of actually represents how your team um, think and feel. It is. We don't manage it. It's not. You know, I've heard companies that sit in their management meetings and they say, "Oh, are we driving our values and ethos forward?" And of course, we think about it every day, and we look around at our teams and our centres, and we say. You know, can we feel it? But we don't manage it. We don't have KPIs on it. We don't sit people down and say, you don't represent us. It really is led by our teams. So really it's, um, I mean, then that's our experience. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's so interesting being here because um, I don't think there's been a moment or a team member that I've met in any of the sites that doesn't sort of live and breathe this. Um, and you really feel it when you go around. And so, for example, on our first day, it was so memorable, but um, when we arrived, um, we arrived to an office with a specially made cake welcoming us with um, the business name um, um, uh, iced onto the top, which was just such a wow factor. Um, and uh, so is that a process? Is that, you know, is that like business process or do they just, they just come up with those ideas? How do you, you make know, that? 
Well, um, obviously, as a company, um, we talk and we have management meetings every month, and we share our experiences that we have in the wider world. And um, I think somebody or somebody went to some exotic location for a holiday, and they were blown away this wow factor um, by the hotel. And I think there were gifts on their bed every day, and um, probably very normal in that environment, but for them it wasn't. They, for their experience it was something they'd never had before. And they brought that back and they shared it with us. And and so our teams have picked it up and they all do something different. They do something that reflects them as a team and a building and as an individual. So some of them do cakes, some of them do pizza, some of them might do a welcome drinks party, but they they do something that is natural for them. It's not a process. We haven't written it down anywhere. Yeah. What we have written down is always try and give your clients an exceptional experience. But we don't stipulate what that should be because if you stipulate, it loses its spontaneity and its individuality and its honesty. And that's not something or someone or somebody that we want to become. Yeah, no, and that's that works so so well. So um, I think what happens is, you know, and well, for me, for us, uh, and you see it with all of the um, clients that are in here. Uh, so they manage to do it across all the different clients that are in the in the space, uh, as if you know, as if they were um, just part of the same business. Um, but um, they um, connect emotionally because of that, and uh, that's when you sense it because they've made that emotional connection. And so that has to be a human moment, and I think that's amazing. That uh, and literally everybody does it. So, you know, we're I'm interested in how you manage to get a team that's so consistently like that. You must have some magical recruitment process. <laughs> I wish that was true. I am. Um, I I've been told that recruitment is a black art, and yeah. we would be just as successful if we just read CVs and didn't meet people. I don't know if that's true or not, but some people I'm sure work that way. We recruit, firstly I guess as we all do, we, we try and recruit through friends and contacts, people that have had some experience of who we are, so that there's, always, that there's already a, a tentative link with us and them, no matter how, many, how remote. When we're interviewing, we are looking for personality. We, don't, we recruit on soft skills not hard skills. We, we, we believe we can train the hard skills. We also, we don't look within our industry um, because people come with a, a, a predetermined setting, I think, sometimes, if, you, if they've already been in, in, the, in an environment within an industry. Right, so they come, they come with a sort of predetermined attitude, which is like the benchmark, the industry benchmark, and you don't yeah. want that. No, we want something different. We, I think some of the important questions we ask are, and I don't know whether you're allowed to or not, so I apologize if this is against the rules. We always ask about family, um, siblings, friends. You know, we ask, what, what their, does their family have an ethos or a culture? You know, how do they feel about their family unit? What's important to them? Because we, a bit like looking for a partner or a wife or a husband, you want something whose core, somebody whose core values are the same as yours, because if they're aligned, everything else can fall into place. 
And yeah, then if they're not if they're not aligned, then you're you're pulling in completely different directions. And of course, we want happy people. Um, right. But that doesn't mean they have to be grinning fools. <laughs> if we filled our buildings with grinning fools, and um, you know, and everyone was the same, we really would be a very flat personality. So you know, we have quiet people, but they're still happy. Yeah, I think you said um, to me, cup half full. Yes, definitely. They awesome. definitely have to be a cup half full. Anything yeah. else is far too draining. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting. So um, you, know, you hire very carefully. I'm sure you must make mistakes, but you hire very carefully for values and upbringing. Um, and it sounds to me like um, because you do that, you have a group of people that have um, good judgment and common judgment. And so it must become easier for you to manage because they they automatically know what the right thing to do is or they're in a group where they can talk about what the right thing to do is and get good answers yes I think I just want to put it we don't recruit it's not about education I just want to put in there we you know we're we're not looking for a particular uh, sector of people we have people from all ranges of background it really is their capability as a person that we're yeah. looking for and, and yes as you said we have made some serious mistakes but we've been quick to see them and quick to make the difficult decision and been honest um, with ourselves and with that person uh, and as you also said if everybody has a similar attitude and um, outlook on life they're there to support each other and again that really helps um, the recruitment process because when a new a prospective employee walks through the door everybody has an opinion and everybody will be looking at that person because they have a vested interest in in knowing whether they fit they would fit with that team yeah. so the whole team gets you know, they don't get veto uh, but they get an opinion they get yeah. an opinion heard I know I completely get it and I think that um, my, my, my feeling is that if you came in and you, you'd had a bad day you know at home or outside of work and you came in and the team is that way that that would you know be a good environment to come into it would help you have a better day even though you had a bad start or if you had a crisis or a problem similar you've got that um, feeling around you from from the from the other troops that is supportive of uh, a more positive attitude and more positive outcome it must be a real help for people it is, and I wrote some notes um, about recruitment, and what I actually added at the end was, your recruitment is difficult for all of us, but actually what is just as hard is when fantastic people stop being fantastic, because yeah. you don't know why, and actually finding a way to help them deal with whatever is going on is so important, and it's really difficult. You know, we don't write people off just because they fall off a cliff. We try and nurture them back and get them back to where they want to be and where we want to be. Yeah, I think that's so inspiring and such a lovely organic way to think about building culture as uh, an outcome of, of great hiring practices and great people with, with good values and uh, really interesting. I'm just kind of quite interested to see how, to hear how, Nikki, you connect it to commercial success. What's the, what's the link in your mind to commercial success? Oh, do I have to consider that? No. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> I think there is, it's very natural. You know, if you, the obvious one is if you have good, contented staff 
then they stay longer. Uh, and so your costs come down in terms of recruitment and training and also loss of clients because the longer your, your staff are with you and the longer they're engaged in, in a positive way, the better you, our relationships are with our clients and they move from being a client to client to more of a move on to a professional and sometimes personal relationships. And so we build an inertia within our clients and that builds long length of stay, which keeps our costs down in terms of finding new clients, which we know are, is more expensive to find a new client than it is to retain one. Yeah. Um, also, ha happy clients and happy staff mean that we are, um, our name gets out more. People talk about us, and so that has had a direct impact on our direct lead generation. Again, yeah. which it keeps our costs down, yeah. and uh, and productivity is better because we have le less illness because our staff are more content. I hope. <laughs> yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, some really fantastic insights. Um, I'm sure everyone's uh, just been wrapped and picked up loads of sort of interesting points. From that, so thank you very much, Nikki. It's um, brilliant to have had you uh, for this morning's Strategy Cafe, and um, I know you're going to stay around for questions. So, um, everyone, if you're looking, you should be able to see a questions area. You know, welcome to fire them in, and we'll hang around for a few minutes at the end and try and pick up some questions for Nikki. So, please ask away if you want to find out more. So, I'm going to move along uh, and uh, head on to the second shot. So, it's really just continuing the theme. Um, just talking about brand, which may not seem like the logical thing to to talk about when uh, we were just chatting about recruitment and people and values and culture, but you kind of all get the uh, initial steps of thinking about how to create a brand. It's about image, it's about color, it's about sounds and words, and so it's a simplification uh, set of symbols uh, that human beings who sort are of pattern lovers can kind of connect to. And that's the, the first generation of a brand is about that, is about creating a recognizable set of symbols that people can connect with and that somehow represent your business, your product, and how you make customers happy. But in order for that brand to come alive, you've then got to start to associate it with positive experiences. And that's every interaction that you have with the, with the brand, with the company. So that really comes down to when you come face to face with the company. So you come face to face with the people uh, on the phone or online or in the office or whatever. And those experiences, if they make you feel good and they are consistent across the organization, then you start to create a sense of memory which associates those positive feelings with the brand and that's when the brand becomes powerful and really sort of comes alive. We talked about this last time, you know, it's a comment attributed to Peter Drucker, whether we said it or not, who knows, but it's a great comment that culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I think that's the point here. When you've really got everybody understanding the purpose of the organization and how it makes customers happy, um, so that everyone's doing that, and the culture is organized in such a way that it's natural and authentic, then that's when uh, culture really drives the business forwards. And this comment is built on years of experience of integration and change when really um, the strategy and the thinking was very important, but the thing that really made it work was getting the culture right. And I think this links it beautifully. So here we're looking at a table which um, maps our experience of a brand as a customer with what the brand is supposed to do for us, so the, the, the content, if you like. 
And on experience, you move from unhappy to happy up to delighted. And on purpose, you, you move from not met, so they didn't meet my needs, to they met my needs, to it was value added. And what I love about this is that you have to work so hard to get into that top right-hand corner. So really the only spot where you have advocacy, which is what Nikki is talking about at the end there, is where the experience is delightful and the purpose is value added. And that's where customers feel great and start talking about the experience. And you can have loyalty just one step back, so we can meet the purpose and delight them and get loyalty. Or we can make them happy and value-added service makes, makes them loyal. But just one step back from that and they're already at risk. So if you get that, you know, delighted and not met, obviously at risk. You know, met and happy, well, somebody else can do better. So at risk. You know, value-added and unhappy, definitely at risk. And then below there, you've got a problem, maybe you've got a chance to turn it around. So they're searching, they're searching. And unhappy, not met, oh, well, that's the next customer. So, you know, that's the one that you're going to have to try and avoid. And I just think that's a lovely way of connecting it. So what is culture? What does Drucker mean? It, culture is about doing the right things with the right attitude all of the time. And so as Nikki says, you've got to really think about that being authentic. So it's got to come from values. It's got to come from the inner person. Uh, you, can, you can add to that, but if it's not there in the inner person, and it's not there in the group, it's going to come across as false, it's going to come across as a system, and it's not going to feel human, and that just doesn't work. And so this is a great way of sort of putting it together. So if you look at this slide, um, it's designed to be like a mirror, and the mirror is like a reflection. So the reflection is where the faces meet, and on the left-hand side of this slide, you've got the team members, and on the right-hand side of this slide, you've got the customers, and the idea is they're moving into that middle zone of, a, a tribe. So people who wear the brand, wear the shirt, uh, really believe in the purpose and values of the brand and really love that and get that. And that's both customers and team members who are in that central zone and that's where the brand really is coming to life. And you think about it on the outside you've got people who are not aware of you and then as they start to become aware of you and get engaged your thought process as a business leader is how do we how do we encourage that engagement down to the center and get that sort of tribal, tribal feel where it's really natural and where the customer and staff team relationship really comes alive? And I think a lovely way of putting it is to show you this slide, which kind of puts it in a more complicated um, business context. So we've got to understand which customers we really serve, which customers we make happy, how we make them happy, and that's our core purpose. But business isn't that simple. So we have to think about our other stakeholders, we have to think about regulators, about shareholders, about team, about key suppliers, and they have needs too, so there's more purpose there. Then we can organize our strategy, think about our organization, what is it we want to achieve, and that will help us define our overall purpose as an organization. But then there's this next bit, which I love the best here. So underpinning the values and beliefs of us as an organization, we then have to sort of find that unique magic that is that special something which lights it up and gets the emotions flowing. And it's only when we've got that, we can really think about organizing the hard work of core tasks. And that hard work leads us back into how we then look after the clients, how we face-to-face -face meet our clients. And that's a great way of thinking about uh, the face of the organization and how to sort of deliver great business strategy. So I hope you found that interesting.
Um, so just a quick um, summary, and then we're going to get back to some questions. So um, does your model deliver that unique magic touch that um, that Nikki was talking about earlier that we experience here? You know, how what is that unique magic that the brand promises? Is it clear how each role in the organisation helps deliver the purpose? So people are doing lots of different things. Sometimes they can be pretty remote from the customers. Um, do they understand how what they're doing is helping make customers happy? Do your team understand the purpose and do they understand the unique magic and how that works? And do you hire for commitment to these? And this is a repeat of last time's phrase, but when my company is clear about its purpose, what it's aiming to achieve, and it's clear how each role contributes to that purpose and the environment supports team well-being. So the research shows that people in those kinds of organizations are achieving premium performance for themselves and for their organization. I think that's the that's the take home. So um, just a question now to you, what one thing will you act on from today's workshop? Just think about one thing and, uh, and uh, write that down. And um, so um, uh, notes for next time, so Next Strategy Cafe is going to be on 22nd of June. We're going to be talking about self-leadership and dealing with those personal barriers as a leader. And uh, our leader interview is going to be Dr. Amina Isiselmi, who uh, um, background is in public sector health and the World Health Organization. Uh, just talking about how to break through those personal challenges and um, move forward into doing what you really want to do. Uh, really quite an inspiring tale. Um, and here are the forthcoming attractions. So don't forget 6th of June, London Leaders Forum with Giles. 22nd of June will be the next Strategy Cafe. You can register now on self-leadership and handling personal barriers. And then in July, we're going to have Professor David Dunaway, uh, who is a world-leading craniofacial pediatric surgeon talking about um, in innovation in, in that kind of incredible technical human context. So really uh, two amazing uh, Strategy Cafe sessions uh, coming up. So hope to see you again. Hope you enjoyed it, and, um, and thank you very much for, for listening. Um, I've got some questions. Uh, we're going to hang around for questions for a little bit. Um, Nikki, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Great. So um, Alan, Alan Plunkett has uh, fired one in saying, how do the values, i.e. staff connecting to clients, translate into strategic insight? And are you finding you get lots of great feedback from staff on how to change? So do you get, how did, yeah, so do, 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 does, that, does that connection with clients translate into insight for you? It does, and it, you have to connect the circle continuously. So we, we how do we do that? So um, as I said, we have management meetings for our senior managers once a month uh, where it is obviously a forum, like I said, about the, um, the gifts for clients, the wow factor. They are always being asked what they want to do or what they have done off their own back um, and to share that. We also, for every other level of staff, we have quarterly huddles. Um, where, so our receptionists get together once a quarter, our meeting room staff get together once a quarter, and our operational team get together once a quarter for a few hours where they talk about what's happening to them, what's gone well, what's not, not gone so well, ideas, concepts, best practice. So, and and we attend some, or not not all, but some of those meetings. If we're not there, they get fed back through the general manager's meetings. So it is 
a full circle, the information continuously flows so that we are getting feedback from our staff and from our clients through our complaints procedure, through testimonials, through surveys, uh, and we act on it and we give feedback on, on surveys to the clients and obviously to the staff um, on, what's, on what's being introduced and which member of staff it's come from. That's very good. Any more questions from anyone? We'll stay around for a few minutes, but otherwise I wish you all a wonderful day. I hope you found it inspiring this morning and uh, look forward to seeing you next time. If you hop up on the website, you should be able to register for the next one immediately. Hopefully the uh, registration forms are all up there. I'll go and check in a sec uh, and we'll send you around the link anyway uh, in case you don't have time to do that right now. Um, but uh, look forward to seeing all of you on the next one and um, thank you all very much for tuning in this morning and listening to the Strategy Cafe. And thank you very much, Nikki, for a really inspiring talk. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. And I'm looking forward to hearing more uh, with Giles in a few weeks' time at the Leaders Forum. So thank you for um, giving us your time and the benefit of your insights. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. Oh, so, um, uh, Susie, uh, you're very welcome. Susie says, very interesting. Um, th yeah, thanks for joining in, Susie. Uh, it be lovely to catch up again soon. Rick, thanks, Rick. Um, Rick says, thank you. Brilliant talk. Thank you very much, Rick. It's really nice to hear. I hope you have a great day. So bye everybody, we're now going to close the uh, webinar and we'll see you next time.